0: You, uh, for someone with no voice, you sound okay.
1: Uh, I'll tell you now, and I won't complain when we record, every time I speak, my throat is killing me. You shouldn't be doing this. Nah, for Doug, I'm really happy. (laughs) You really shouldn't be doing this. This is the most voice I've had in the past um, week.
0: Good. Here's the thing, as someone who gets laryngitis pretty easily... Uh, you're going to lose it because you do this podcast.
1: All right, let's do it. Uh, sound off. I'm Hardcore Henry. And I'm South Core John. And together we're here to eat a potato chip and then leave. Welcome back to the 95th annual Zero Credits Oscars. Already in progress, I'm your host, Henry. And I, of course, am John. And together are Henry and John giving awards to the greatest things of the zeitgeist in order to make the world a more celebrated place here on the award show where we talk about things.
0: That's right, as we've discussed many times, award shows are important, and who's going to get that little
1: man? Who's going to get the man? It's the, it's the question on everyone's lips. Even the little man's lips, for he is the most excited to live in a new house.
0: It's, uh, it's every year the Oscars happen and the little man says, Who's going to take me home? Who's going to take me home? And a lot of people will, for there are many little men.
1: There are many little men. That's the secret. That's what they don't tell you on us, us plebeians who think there's just the one Oscar that they trade around like some type of
0: flat Stanley. See, here's my question. Why can't they just print more Oscars? It would deflate the value of the
1: Oscar. It's a very delicate economic balance. The Oscar has value because of its scarcity.
0: Oh, okay, that makes sense.
1: Yes, there can be no abundance under the harsh, harsh flag and regime of capitalism. We are a scarcity society. Society, because it's successful.
0: (laughs) And it's sick. And
1: it's also sick. John. Henry. I feel like I should tell people that my voice is off. I don't know if they can tell.
0: Uh, you know, you sound normal to me, but uh, I think that I always assume you sound worse than you actually do. So it it's normal to me. You might sound bad to them.
1: Okay, well, if you guys can perceive a difference in my voice, for you audiophiles out there, you, you pop heads, you ear boys, uh-huh, uh-huh. and girls... Uh, if you can tell that I'm a little different this week,
0: congratulations. you're in for a rough night. Uh, now Henry, I believe that you've uh, suffered a sickness known as an illness.
1: I had an acute sinus infection attack that took out damn near all of my capacity to breathe and speak. Oof. And I'm yeah, I am just now on the mend. Uh, Today was the first day in a long time where it didn't hurt to swallow.
0: Now, uh, you did not have COVID.
1: Absolutely correct. I got two COVID tests done, one at home, one by professionals, and they were both negatory.
0: I genuinely feel, and this is backed up by absolutely no science and is just like a vibes thing, I don't feel like people test positive for COVID anymore. Like I, I have not had a friend test positive for COVID in quite some time.
1: What, what's really eerie to me is that, um, a lot of the symptoms I had and in the order that I had them in, uh, were very reminiscent from the time where I was COVID stricken. Um, cause it started with a very severe sore throat that then sort of traveled into the lungs and rendered me sort of speechless. The only saving grace was I did not lose sight.
0: <laughs> well. I... A well-known COVID side effect. The loss uh, of sight. I just wake
1: up every day and I... Oh, no. Well, I... Look, if I lost sight, i feel- oh man, I feel bad now. um, I didn't lose smell or taste is what I meant to say
0: <laughs> man uh they Covid would be cured by now if you lost your sight when you had it. one I, would hope
1: I thought when it went after the taste and the smell like is there there's there is there is there is there is there anything more that Americans love than food, and yet here this gremlin of a sickness is out here robbing us of our pleasure? And nothing was done.
0: Is there anything Americans love more than food? Potentially their sight. <laughs> and they might like and seeing things. Can we have a, a soup? I know we have a lot to cover tonight? Can we have a super quick aside about blindness? Yeah, sure. Please. Have you, you ever inciting <laughs> me. Have you ever uh, this is a serious question, gone temporarily blind?
1: I have been on the verge of passing out. And that included the loss, the temporary, very temporary loss of sight.
0: Uh, yes, I have hit my head a few times, which resulted in me losing uh, once vision in one eye, and the other time vision in both eyes. And it's uh really scary because you can't like you can't describe what not being able to see feels like. Because when when you hit your head, it's like you just like messed up you're you're wiring for a second. Cause it's not like everything goes black or anything. It's a, it's a very peculiar yeah. feeling. It's it's so it's funny you say that. So I,
1: now I can say our experiences were different Um because I, I had a near syncope event cause I was losing a lot of blood and I was panicking and I saw the blood and that made me panic even more to the point of hyperventilation <laughs> so, I had a very gradual losing of sight to that my 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 sight narrowed to a single point and everything else faded away into darkness. Oof, yeah and, and the very I had the very fun experience. i look, if you guys have ever almost passed out, I do recommend this um because what was very neat was that shapes came back into focus way before color. So for a good two minutes, I saw the world in black and
0: white. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you would recommend uh, passing out if, if people have it available to them? <laughs> Nearly
1: passing out.
0: Yes. And, uh... and then
1: recovering from that. Almost pass out. Yeah, I cut my, f- my finger open with a hedge trimmer. It's a fun birthday for me
0: oof i'm uh sorry that happened to you yeah my my experience was odd because when i left when i lost vision my left eye from hitting my head i like if i closed my right eye and knew my left eye was open it was like my eyes were closed kinda right but you could uh, feel it open right yeah i could feel that it was open and that was weird right and then when i lost very temporarily like total sight your brain just goes crazy <laughs> Uh, yeah. cause it, it's not like everything goes, it's so hard to explain. Like it, yeah. it's like you lose a concept of sight for a reason it, for a second, it's not even like you see black. It's weird. This by the way, happened for like a fraction of a second. I don't know what it would have been like if it continued. And I hope to never know.
1: Yes. So for all of our, uh, blind listeners out there, just know you're not missing like anything. There's nothing out here. That's worth saying.
0: Yeah, we're weak for relying on it.
1: Honestly, yeah. I mean, if, if the media is anything to be believed.
0: <laughs> uh, and you know, when my site came back, I wish it hadn't because I was looking at my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was not, uh, I was not, not in yeah. any position to have a mother-in-law at that point, but that seemed like a funny thing to say. My,
1: my sight came back at the worst time, because like I was fighting a horde of ninjas, and then suddenly I couldn't fight them as well, because I could see them.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a shame, because you had that uh, that great ability to like see them without yeah. sight. Yeah. yeah. The hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows uh, Daredevil's greatest weakness is the miracle of healing. <laughs> yes, no, never heal Daredevil.
0: He would be in real trouble.
1: Yeah, in a world where magic demonstrably exists, has anyone ever tried?
0: Probably, and he's like, no, I'm good.
1: No, I'm good. I don't need it. They're like, but you're blind, Matt Murdock. And he's like, yeah, but but I I love it. <laughs> it's all I know, except I was blinded as a
0: child and right. still have
1: memories of sight. And the same accident that created the Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: That's canon. Uh, the same accident that blinded Matt Murdock also created the Teenage Mutant
0: Ninja Turtles. Incredible! Yeah. Wow, we got f- six great heroes out of that. Yeah, Splinter, Donatello, Donatello. April O'Neill, April O'Neill, Casey Jones, Casey Jones, Shredder. The song <laughs> "Casey Jones" by the Grateful Dead. That's all six. That's all six of them. (laughs) Thank God for those lizards. Anyway, we have a lot to cover tonight. We talked about the Oscars and then quickly talked about blindness and the Ninja Turtles. But I feel like we should get back to the thing that everyone saw and cares about.
1: Speaking of being blind and tone deaf, John, the Oscars happened this past, past weekend.
0: Man, Oscars so white.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, do you remember the event that happened at last year's Oscars?
0: Uh, no. Time has been lost to me. All right. Well, uh, hours before
1: one, oh, William yes, Smith. I won. do
0: remember that the slap.
1: Yeah, the heard around
0: the world.
1: And this year felt like the uh, the year after the slap in very much more ways than one. Namely, that uh, host Jimmy Kimmel wouldn't shut up about it.
0: You know it's uh, daring of them to have uh, a a a a public display of violence during the world's most foremost award show and then have the most slappable man in America <laughs> host yeah. the award season the following year.
1: There's a real missed opportunity i I believe. Because if you're going to make jokes about it, that's great. Make jokes about it. But, like, go the extra mile. Because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, like, he's a monologuist. He does the monologues every night on his show. But he also does goofs and gags. And he kept saying, like, we've got this crisis response team. And I kept expecting them to, like, cut to, I don't know, like, a, a team of misfits that were, you know, going to stop people from approaching the stage. But they never cut to anybody. He just said, "We we have them and we'll use them.
0: I mean, they could even have had increasingly unlikely people come up and try to slap Jimmy Kimmel and then get taken away. Right. Like it starts with like Daniel Craig and then moves to like uh, Meryl Streep, tries to slap him. It would have been great. It would have been
1: funny, I think. I mean, but I guess they're like, oh, we don't want to draw attention to it. Then don't make jokes about it.
0: Yeah, don't. (laughs) We don't want to draw attention to it. So we made a hundred thousand jokes about it yeah uh, so the the most offensive thing about
1: the night is how inoffensive it was uh, but the greatest thing about the Oscars this year wasn't the show but the the shows that were awarded. It wasn't the award show but it was the shows that were awarded.
0: yes, yeah, not the award show but the show of awards right exactly right? yeah because all of the right
1: things won. <laughs>
0: I have seen a lot of opinions about this. This is the first Oscars. Actually, I did not watch last year's Oscars either. The slap? Dude missed or the around slap. the world. Dude missed the slap. Dude missed the slap. I uh these are the last two Oscars that I have not watched, and I'm usually like an Oscars watcher and I try to like watch all the things that are nominated for it. Now, I don't have time or I do, but I care less about that, I guess. It was a foregone conclusion
1: this year because we saw the most awarded show of the Oscars uh, this year last March.
0: Uh, Yes, I honestly going into it, I was kind of uh, even if I had the ability to watch the Oscars, I don't know that it would have been totally sold because I was so even seeing the nominations was so convinced that the movie I wanted so badly to win would not win anything. Uh, And then it won everything. Yeah, it won seven awards.
1: It (laughs) won. Very good. Yeah. Um, It won seven of its 11 nominations. Uh, It won for Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Best Director.
0: Uh, best Lead Actress, and then, of course, Best Picture of the Year. Best Picture. Incredible. I never imagined that the people who directed the music video for DJ Snake's Turn Down for What and uh, Swiss Army Man would win an Oscar, but they have. They have
1: now. Um, They gave so many speeches by the time it came to... For them to speak, you know, the producer speaks for best picture, but he gave it off to the Daniels and uh, uh, one of the Daniels, this is sad, I should know their names. <laughs> one of the Daniels was like, we've spoken too much tonight, so we're just going to say good
0: night. And it was like classiest movie you could ever do. Oh, very good. It's uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, by the way.
1: So it was Daniel Kwan who said, we've spoken too much tonight, so we're just going to get out of here. And I was like, raise, I raised my, my empty glass of water to him. Cause I was like, yeah, I mean, what, what more he, he, he cried his eye. He poured his soul out in the first two. And it's like, by, by now I got nothing left in the tank. You know,
0: I, I would love to watch the recap because I heard that they're uh, just across the board. The speeches were great. I think a fear that I had going into the Oscars and I don't, I had only seen some of the nominations, was that they didn't understand what I considered to be the genius of everything, everywhere, all at once. And then when I saw that This Is A Life <laughs> uh, was nominated for Best Original Song, I realized that they they understood the assignment. They got it.
1: So in previous years and in this year, uh, the contenders for Best Song will do a performance of their mm-hmm. song. And for uh, This Is A Life, the song from Everything, Everywhere, All At Once, uh, they had... David Byrne and Stephanie and I'm going to try to say her name is it who's Sue I think so Uh, they had uh, David Byrne and Stephanie Sue uh, perform even though she's not the singer of the song um, but it was just a a nice little way to include her since she had just lost to uh, Jamie Lee Curtis for best supporting actress and the best part of it Was the visual aspect. I won the dancers involved recreated most of the movie and through interpretive dance, which was, Oh my God,
0: I need to watch these Oscars.
1: But then David Byrne performed the entire song of hot dog fingers.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Perfect. No notes.
1: And the, (laughs) the visuals were like a psychedelic mashup of a raccoon that faded in and out with like a yelling, screeching face and googly eyes and they would like trade places while like all these lights, and I'm I'm I just had to laugh because I'm like there I was like there's got to be more than half of the audience is like what the fuck is this movie
0: about? <laughs> there's gonna be people who are like in the audience. There have to be people like old guard Hollywood people yeah. who are like no, the movie that wins should be a a, a self serious drama. It should be uh, Empire of Light or whatever.
1: All Quiet on the Western Front was like the other forerunner. It seemed.
0: I uh, I I have a strong opinion about All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't want to talk about it more than I talk about everything ever all at once, but it seemed like a lot of people were of the opinion that All Quiet on the Western Front is somehow like not meritorious because it's like just another movie about World War II or whatever, and that is the the wrongest. <laughs> possible opinion to have about something inspired by one of the greatest pieces of anti-war fiction ever written. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, one, you're just factually wrong because it's about world war one.
0: Ah, world war one is what I meant. Of course, (laughs) but uh,
1: I think, I, I think it's an adaptation. Definitely worth seeing. Uh, one thing I never knew about it is that it's in German. It's a foreign film.
0: Uh, Eric, Marie Remark, the original writer. Yeah, I German no book, German movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, 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 I watched 15 minutes of the adaptation because the book is hard enough to read because it's very grim. Uh, it seemed really good, so I think these people were wrong for saying it's just another war movie. Don't drag down anti-war things by saying they're war bad. Yeah. Uh. uh so.
1: A lot of good things came out of the night, but one of the most irritating things to me that the Oscars pulled on quite a number of occasions. Have you ever been thanked for something that you hate that somebody thanked you for, John? Uh, Yes, often. So I I think you should skip the Oscars because uh, countless times I was thanked for going back
0: to the theater. Oh my God, I'm so sick of that shit. I'm so sick of showing up to movies and... Tom Cruise being like thank you. Thank you for coming to the movies and taking off those pesky masks. <laughs>
1: thank you for breathing in the cough the coughs of a child
0: sitting next to you. I I hate here's the thing. We've all agreed from the top down, the fish rots from the head. Uh but we've all agreed that the world we live in now is one where we have not <laughs> defeated and will not defeat the new illness that we all have to live with forever. Uh, And arguably we could have. But whenever I'm thanked for going to the movies, it's like, thank you. Thank you for doing something you know is wrong. (laughs) It's... Uh, really tough especially in the early days of pandemic movie watching when that would happen I'm like yeah no I get it I get what <laughs> I'm doing is the wrong thing and I wish no. you wouldn't congratulate me for I wish, it
1: I wish we lived in a minority report and so the ads could like target you specifically <laughs> so in front of a packed theater it just zeroes in randomly and it's like thank you John Thank you for coming back to the movies. Everyone, John,
0: came back
1: to the movies.
0: <laughs> and then it just projects, it fakes everyone around you and makes them stand up and clap for you. Yeah. Be great. Uh, not only did numerous
1: celebrities thank me for going back to the theaters, uh, but a singular movie was given the credit of saving the theaters and bringing the cinema back. Oh, I'm fascinated to hear what this is. Yep. Uh, Top Gun Maverick apparently... Not true! <laughs> ...apparently saved the theaters and got everyone going back. Top Gun Maverick.
0: I uh, have not seen that movie. I don't know a lot of people who have. Same. And I don't know that that is a narrative that I agree with, personally. It's not one I agree didn't with. didn't Top Gun Maverick come out, like... I don't know, six months ago, something like that, yeah. Feel like plenty of people were going to the movies before then. Top Gun
1: Maverick, yep, absolutely. I definitely one. I never, I've never seen Top Gun Maverick, probably never will. Um, I don't like propaganda films, and you know, it's no all quiet on the Western Front. But uh, yeah, I, and I definitely will not thank it for saving the movies, especially if I was given the credit and for saving for going back to the theater and i didn't it it doesn't gel
0: you know it doesn't make any sense maybe maybe it's just the movie that was nominated that the most people went to go see but i i appreciate the gall of being like thank you top gun maverick for saving the movies also you get nothing you (laughs) You get you get absolutely no awards yeah well they got best sound design and that was it uh, what was up for best sound design? I'm always fascinated by oh. that one. Um, hold pfft. on, I can get it. I can get it. Excellence in sound. Where are you at? Achievement in sound. Ah, oh, Batman should have won. Yeah, Batman did really well. Batman's uh, uh, sound. Batman's oh, Batman won nothing.
1: It it won nothing. Um, one of the fun parts about the sound design category was that it would show. Uh, clips of like sound moments from movies. And then it would show like the sound designer making the sound and uh, like for all quiet on the Western front, it showed like somebody slapping water for like the, the, the meaty watery footsteps of a soldier running through mud. And um, for the Batman, it, sh- it showed the the part with uh, the Batmobile, like oh. charging up and like all, all of these cool sound effects that were being made around that. And uh, for Top Gun Maverick, it showed uh, a, a
0: microphone array around a, a, a fighter jet. Oh, wow. So good. Achievement and sound. Yeah. Um, they recorded the thing.
1: What an achievement.
0: <laughs> it's like saying uh, Sea Biscuit won, and then you'd show them making it. They're just holding a microphone up to a horse. Right. I mean, yeah,
1: it's like, oh, wow, you know, movie magic, you know, look, look (laughs) what they could do. They made a small model of the ship and they're they're zoomed in on it. And now it's like it's flying through space and Top Gun Mavericks. It's
0: like we've we got in the jet plane and we flew it. Yeah, we recorded the sound of the thing that's in the movie. I mean, it's an astronomically expensive movie, so it's like if they made *Al on the Western Front*, they're like, "This is how we made the sound of them tromping through mud." Shows people in period correct World War One attire <laughs> tromping through mud just for the Foley session. Yeah, they're not. None of them are actors. None of them are actors. No SAG. Yeah. No SAG.
1: Uh, but it was a phenomenal night. I do rec- highly recommend you watch some uh, award acceptance speeches, uh, some notable highlights. Uh, Ke Hue Quan, who played Wayman in Everything Everywhere All at Once and won for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he thanked a certain individual in his uh, speech, a certain individual who played a certain character in The Goonies. Uh-huh. Uh, I, he, I can't remember this guy's name, but he played Chunk in the Goonies.
0: Oh, shit. Chunk from
1: the Goonies? Yeah. I could just look up Chunk from the Goonies and find his name.
0: I mean, I I don't know who played Chunk, but I can find out. His name is Jeff
1: Cohen. And uh, so a little bit of trivia for everybody. Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk in the Goonies, became an entertainment lawyer and specifically, an entertainment lawyer that is one of the best in the business, who Kehei Kwan has stayed in touch with and has kept on retainer to negotiate all his contracts and basically told him, don't give up on your dreams. You're a phenomenal actor. Keep doing it. You're going to land something. And then, boom, he gets oh my everything God, hell everywhere yeah. all at once. Yes, the kid who did the Truffle Shuffle <laughs> is one of the most respected entertainment lawyers in the business.
0: He represents Steven Spielberg. Uh, that is inc- that is incredible. I like to imagine when he like passed the bar or whatever, he reached back out to Steven Spielberg from Goonies and he's like, "Hey man, uh, you want to want work <laughs> together?" Yeah, you, you we worked together before, sort of. Yeah, you know, uh, I did the truffle shuffle. You maybe want to <laughs> give me my start as a lawyer since you made me do that. <laughs> it's on like, hey, camera. he waited
1: for like political correctness to kick in, and then he's like, "Hey, Steven Spielberg, got any
0: regrets?" And of course, Steven Spielberg, I think, was the screenwriter, so he's like, "You wrote for me to to do that, right?" But right. Got any Got any regrets, huh? Huh? You need legal representation?
1: I think you're going to uh, need some legal representation. I think you're going to need a lot of
0: legal representation. Either I'm your lawyer or I sue you. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, this can, go, this can go one of two ways. Uh, incredible. No, that guy sounds cool as hell. Yeah, that's it. Pretty, pretty awesome. As cool as an entertainment lawyer can be, I guess. Uh, one of the
1: better highlights of the night came toward the very end when none other than legendary corpse Harrison Ford dragged himself onto the stage to present best picture, Uh, and uh, got to announce that everything, everywhere, all at once won, and proceeded to try to give the trophy not to the producer, who it should have gone to, but to his friend K. Wei
0: Kwan, (laughs) who was one of the first people on the stage. I mean, you know, it's only right. Yep. Harrison Ford's very confused. He's like, ah, short round, take it. <laughs> it's like, ah, short round, you get a trophy. How you how you, you doing, get a trophy. King? You're 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 big now. I gotta get out of
1: here. And K Hei Kwan was like trying to like gently, you know, push the push him to give it to the producer who I'd never heard of before.
0: I um here's my feelings about the current Harrison Ford moment is uh let him rest. Yeah. Don't I like we we've been watching a couple episodes of that shrinking show, which is fine. It's totally watchable, but I'm like, don't make Harrison Ford work anymore. Don't deep fake him to be the new Indiana, the old Indiana Jones, and the new Indiana. Just, just if you want to cast him, pay him what you would have paid him to cast him, but then just leave him alone. I'm kind of in the same boat. I,
1: I feel like if anybody deserves to rest or potentially. Crash his plane into the side of a mountain. It's Harrison Ford. Yeah, just just give him some time. I
0: Stop
1: mean, after so much shit, after so many crashes, it, it kind of seems like is he trying to? Is he crying out for help? Like. <laughs> Please? He's like, well,
0: the well, the plane couldn't kill me. Maybe it's, it's movies like, can. It's like it's
1: it's elder abuse. You don't get it, kid. <laughs> They're oh, making no. me be in these movies.
0: <laughs> he he goes to he goes to hand the award to Kuei Kuan, and he's like. Uh no no take the, this goes to the, and he's like oh no time for love Doctor Jones right and then starts trying to <laughs> give it back to him he's like oh go between them. what go between them. <laughs> like he's just mumbling lines from the second Indiana Jones movie no he, he
1: sees K Hey Kwan he's like oh finally someone get me out of here kid
0: <laughs> somebody I recognize someone I re-
1: they're gonna make me do Indiana Jones wait what number are they on
0: seven, six six or seven or something. <laughs> Give me a! They're, they're gonna make me do it. I'm no. I don't have power of attorney anymore. <laughs> the,
1: I signed it over to the mouse.
0: <laughs> they're gonna bring me back and make me Palpatine. <laughs> Somehow Harrison Ford returned. <laughs> Somehow Harrison Ford returns. Ah, uh, incredible! I I do. Oh, we barely even talked about best original song. The actual winner. Yes. Very, very important to this yes. podcast interests. Of course, yeah. not to, not to winning for best original song as well. It fucking should. Absolutely.
1: fucking lutely For those of you who have not had the deepest pleasure of watching RRR, drop what you're doing right now. Go watch it. Then go listen to our supplemental reading of RRR. And then come back and know that Not Too Not Too is the best song that came out last year.
0: Uh, Yes, without a doubt. Don't even look up other songs that came out last year. Not Too Not Too is the best. And if you like RRR, I would recommend that you do what I did and get a friend who has never seen it to see it so you can revel in their reaction to the movie. Make more people see RRR, roar, rise, revolt, the fire, the water, the story. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a very good film. You won't even feel the 3 hours go by. It's really good.
0: Yeah, it's The Anti-Babylon.
1: Yeah, a Babylon, a movie that flunked out so hard that Jimmy Kimmel made fun of it at the Oscars. So you know
0: they <laughs> did bad. <laughs> got to be got to be a great feeling for everyone involved. I'm glad that Natu Natu won the Oscar, RR, and that's the joke I wanted to make. And I'm going to watch the performance of Natu Natu because I'm sure it was incredible.
1: It was very good. Um, I had a hard time trying to see if anybody from the movie was in it. I don't think they were. <laughs> oh no,
0: that's a shame.
1: But they did get the original singers. Okay, that's good. Who then accepted the award, and it was very sweet because one of them sang his acceptance speech. Because oh my god, incredible! It, it was kind of like he tried to speak, but he couldn't, but he could sing. Like it was one of those moments. It was uh, that's very, the
0: most beautiful thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, it was very cool, and um, he even made it rhyme, which was also like very cool. <laughs> uh,
0: badass. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. so into that.
1: Oh, yeah. It was a delight. One of the better speeches. And uh, did not get cut off, unlike every technical award
0: they gave. Did not get cut off. And, of course, was not interrupted, of course, by a disastrous slap heard (laughs) round the world. The slap heard round the world. I Real quick, what's the most disgraceful thing that happened at the Oscars? I'm going to say, for me... Uh, the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse winning animated short film over my year of dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess that's disgraceful. Um, uh, okay here's here's the most missed opportunity they had. You're gonna this is gonna be a long walk for a little payoff okay
0: Yeah of course this that's what this whole podcast is.
1: Yeah so Elizabeth banks comes on to give the award for best visual effects. Uh, she is accompanied by a person in a bear suit. She proceeds to explain that without visual effects, this person in a bear suit would be the bear and cocaine bear. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the setup. Later on, Jimmy Kimmel is in the audience and he's doing a bit where he's pretending to ask questions. People sent in to movie stars to get their answers. Uh, while he's, asking jessica chastain how was it to work with matt damon even though he smells like wet dog food uh the bear comes up and starts harassing people in the audience and i thought the bear was gonna take his mask off to reveal that it was matt damon all along that didn't happen
0: oh so it was just a dude in a bear suit messing with people yep was that the payoff of the joke uh, apparently what if it was Matt Damon, but he didn't want to take the head off?
1: I think that would be ultimately more funny, I guess. Who was the bear? We never learned who the bear was. Damn. It's been a Another big year missed, for
0: bears. Missed opportunity. That's right. Much like the slap heard was around a the world. Missed
1: opportunity.
0: <laughs> uh, and of course, the uh, second most uh, disgraceful thing at the Oscars is, uh, you know, all these damn vaccines, these masks. What? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Um, it's what, just a shame. What? <laughs> you know? <laughs> these vaccines, these masks. I don't understand what's happening. You know, the third most disgraceful thing at the Oscars is, of course, people... People keep talking about it. Huh? People... <laughs> People incessantly are talking about this movie woman talking, women, oh, women yeah. talking, but I certainly didn't see a lot of women talking at the Oscars. Fair point. Do you think women talking passes the Bechdel test?
1: Uh, no, one. there's no way to know. It's just a shame with these masks. You uh, can't women even see the women
0: talking. Oh my God.
1: Women talking took the Oscar for best adapted screenplay and uh, the, the writer uh, had a really good zinger in her acceptance speech. She was like, Thank you to the Academy for not being uh, too turned off by women talking and those words being so close to each other.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty yeah. good zinger. I'm surprised that Glass Onion was an adapted screenplay. Adapted from what? Okay, so here's the thing Top
1: Gun Maverick and Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, were both in the adapted screenplay category for this reason and this reason alone sequels are considered to be based on their originals oh, according so to dumb. the academy
0: that's so dumb it is ridiculous i thought it was because top gun maverick was based on anna Karenina.
1: <laughs> and as we so, all know uh, glass onion was based on the beatles song of the same name
0: <laughs> yes of course uh well that's the oscars i suppose
1: Yeah, uh, it was a colossal waste of time, but I am happy (laughs) to see that Everything Everywhere at Once, uh, which I think is probably the best movie I have seen in the past three to five years, uh, walked away with more awards than uh,
0: any other movie. Any other movie? And, of course, it is the first time a movie with a butt plug fight has won an Oscar. And it is the second time where a movie uh, with a person being controlled by a raccoon has won an Oscar. Yep. Yes. Citizen Kane was the first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This definitely made history. And um, just a great night for everyone involved and everyone who loved the movie. So it was a great night for me.
0: Yes, it was a great night for the lovers of the movies. And you know, hasn't but I've seriously been trying to like come up with a segue that could possibly tie these two things together and I can't.
1: Speaking of things that everyone loves, John, how's your money doing?
0: <laughs> wow, everyone loves me and my money. Uh my money's fine, but you know whose money isn't fine? Uh actually, well a lot of people, but there are some people who are kind of taking a bath. Have you heard of, have you heard of this? Uh, I don't know, Henry, if you're a, a little emu with your head in the sand, like you tend to be. <laughs> that was mean. Uh, but did you know that there was a little bit of a light banking crisis over the weekend?
1: <laughs> Just a minor to light banking crisis. Uh, are you referring, John, to the Silicon Valley Bank?
0: Uh, yes, the uh, the complete meltdown of Silicon Valley Bank happened over the last few days. It is a, a winding road. I don't know if you want to like get into it at all. Uh, I think we absolutely should because it's it, events like this can set up precedents
1: for other things. So I think we should take it from forty eight hours ago.
0: Uh, from 48 hours ago. I'm actually going to have to take it a little bit further back than that. Uh, maybe to the tune of uh, months, if not years. Okay, fine. You can do uh, that so too. Silicon Valley banks, uh, their their downfall really started in in a very particular economic climate of zero, not zero, but near zero, functionally zero, Interest rates. So the cost of money being very low resulted in a uh, supercharged private capital slash venture capital class that uh, really exploded during the pandemic. I think Silicon Valley Bank, from the beginning of the pandemic to just a few days ago, had seen its deposits grow from about $60 billion to about $180 billion. So in a very short period of time, deposits on record tripled. Uh, and the reason that the reason that happened is because Silicon Valley Bank is kind of the bank du jour for startups, not just in the Silicon Valley, but generally, and also venture capital firms. Big fans of Silicon Valley Bank. Maybe because... As a regional bank, they could maybe make uh, pretty pretty sweetheart deals to venture capital firms and startups when it comes to uh, like financing loans and things like that. Uh, so it was really the preferred financial institution for VCs. Now, when interest rates were very low and they were making a ton of money mid-pandemic, uh, Silicon Valley Bank made a decision that, let's be real, Henry, all of us have fallen for, that's right, they purchased mortgage-backed securities. Oh no, mortgage-backed securities, the things that created the, the perfect
1: economic storm for the housing crisis in 2008?
0: Exactly. Now I will say that I think there's a, a little bit of an oversimplification when people talk about the mortgage-backed securities mm-hmm. situation with Silicon Valley Bank. Yes, they did buy securities that were backed by mortgages. It's kind of a, a pretty different situation than what happened in 2008 because 2008, well, it was led by an overreliance on mortgage-backed securities that had underlying subprime debt. Uh, in Silicon Valley Bank's case, these were like mortgage bonds; they weren't very risky. And there weren't like collateralized debt obligations, which is a further abstraction that helped the 2008 financial crisis happen. But really, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, like any bank, isn't uh, exceptionally risky (laughs) because they want to make sure that they have uh, some amount of assurance that if people need their money out, they can get it. So what they did was when interest rates were low, they invested in, like, treasury bills, government bonds, and mortgage bonds. Things that are really stable unless interest rates go up. And oh, boy, no. And boy did interest rates go up. Uh, and then Silicon Valley Bank made a very prudent decision to sell those positions quickly. Uh, they didn't sit on them and wait for them to become worthless. So essentially, the bonds that they had uh, were worth less than they purchased them at. So they sold them quickly at a loss. They liquidated about $2 billion worth of these securities at a loss of like $1.7 billion. Not even $2 billion. A lot oh, of people wow. were pouring $2 billion, but it was like a, a pretty minor loss considering how much they could have lost if they continued to stay in the environment. Uh, they put out a notice to shareholders that they had done so. And man, was that a mistake?
1: Okay. So they took a $1.7 billion loss, then told the shareholders probably because they were legally, uh, you know, obligated to, and that's the shareholders for them were like, well,
0: I want my money out. Pretty much. When they disclosed that they had liquidated those positions at a loss, it kind of triggered in the minds of a lot of VCs a fear that they had been having for a while. Obviously, uh, banks, startups, but to a much greater degree, venture capital firms feel a huge squeeze from increased rates because money is expensive and VC is scared. They can't make big bets on dumb science fiction projects anymore. So when it seems like the place where they have all their money is flagging some level of financial insolvency, uh, they run on the bank. Startups ran on the bank. VC firms ran on the bank. uh, Billions, like $40 billion was drained from Silicon Valley Bank over, I think, over the weekend. Uh, And a lot of this, of course, was driven by VCs freaking out on Twitter, talking about Silicon Valley Bank uh, becoming insolvent. (laughs) And turns out uh, people could argue that them saying Silicon Valley Bank would become insolvent caused it to become insolvent. (laughs) A self-fulfilling
1: financial prophecy, if you will.
0: A lot of people are calling this the first uh, Twitter the the first Twitter mediated bank run, which <laughs> it, it kind of seems to be. and a lot of people are we'll get into this, but a lot of people are talking about the the risk of contagion, like this spreading to other banks. It's worth noting, Silicon Valley Bank very regional and also most of its money is with like startups. Right. Seed stage companies and VCs, all of which in the current environment are really scared, really reactive and terminally online.
1: <laughs> and they, they're they also in a position where they kind of want more of a, a a panic around this because they stand to lose a lot of money if they can't get their money back from the bank.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this is the kind of second part of the VC meltdown. Uh, VCs were initially melting down, uh, warning of Silicon Valley Bank's insolvency. And then after they made it insolvent, arguably, uh, they started warning of a contagion and a banking crisis. And all these very libertarian, anti-bailout people, you know, friends of Peter Thiel or friends of Elon Musk, like David Sachs, were taking to Twitter to be like there there will be a banking crisis if our deposits are not secured by the federal government turns out you hate a bailout till you need one right uh and then they uh i i don't know if they were successful i don't know if the federal government actually acted because of this but when they uh were continuing to sound the clarion call of insolvency and deposits needing to be protected. Additional people started to drain money from Silicon Valley Bank, rendering it totally insolvent. Uh, and then on Monday or on Sunday, I think the federal government did say that the uh, deposits that they would be granting full access to depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and their deposits would be protected. Of course, uh, you get real disgusting things from this, like Mark Cuban going on Twitter and saying that the FDIC insurance limit of 250000 is, quote, too low. Uh, what a great problem to have. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, most people who have over $250,000, if they're over the insurance limit, they put the, the rest of that money somewhere else. So, yeah, I, this is the main thing that trickled into my neck of the, me-
1: the media news media woods I live in, I guess, um, was the, 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 the call, the constant call that the 50 250 K limit on being reender or like insurance on your deposits was not enough. It's like, I, that's more money than I've ever probably will
0: ever have at one time in my entire life. You and the great overwhelming majority of people on the planet Earth. Yeah. Like 99% of all people will never have that much money at one time. And maybe in like a retirement account when you're 70, if you started saving early. I don't true, know.
1: true. Okay. I Yeah. So let's scale that back to maybe like
0: 80%. But the number of people who would have a quarter of a million dollars on deposit somewhere very very low right uh especially with the current scheme for how things are set up but uh this also now when they warn of a contagion affecting additional banks they're doing this to try to pour mouth and get their deposits uh Guaranteed, which is what ended up happening. Now, of course, people who were shareholders in Silicon Valley Bank are going to take a wash. Like they're not getting their money back. Good. Uh, kind of period. Uh, and we'll see what happens to Silicon Valley Bank. But this has had really unfortunate knock on effects where the warning of a contagion and a bank crisis has people who have way less than $250,000 on deposit at FDIC-insured institutions, including regional banks and national banks, withdrawing all their money because people are fucking stupid. Right, right. yeah. An isolated incident that should not be affecting
1: anyone other than VC capitalists or um, startups is now running the risk of contagion because people don't understand that they're safe and
0: fine. Yeah. Historically, people just don't get FDIC insurance. And you know what? If you're a human being listening to this right now or even not listening to this, chances are you're fine because of FDIC insurance. There's almost no chance that you have greater than a quarter of a million dollars at any individual depository institution. Uh, So everyone's fine. No one gets it. A a lot of people are pulling out their money. And in fact, a lot of people are pulling out of like regional bank stock, national bank stock. Uh, It does not seem right now like it is actually going to lead to a systemic run on the banks or a contagion like all the VCs said. But the banking sector is like fucked. It is it is pretty bad right now for Totally baseless reasons.
1: Yeah, it's
0: and crazy. There's uh. Oh, go ahead.
1: I hadn't heard that they, uh, the people who lost their mo- or potentially were going to lose their money, were going to get everything back, and that that is a little bit disappointing.
0: Well, for what it's worth, the Fed coming in and saying that we do guarantee your deposits in Silicon Valley Bank, that is. Tremendously important because I I think that the last thing we need right now is a banking crisis. And I think that if these same people who are driving people towards a bank run hadn't been made whole, I think that just would have kept getting worse and maybe would have actually become a banking crisis. While I, I, gear, I, I, while I hear where you're coming
1: from, oh for I, sure,
0: it sucks that I these a, people keep their money. To I be just, clear.
1: I'm very tired of the privatize profits, socialize losses. I'm
0: very tired of that inaction. Oh for sure, these people. I have a whole thing about this. We're about to get into it in a second. Okay, good, sure. good. So there's a. A secondary financial institution that also became insolvent during the same period of time that fewer people are aware of. Do you know anything about Silvergate? I know nothing about Silvergate. Uh, Silvergate is a financial institution. Maybe it's called Silvergate Financial. I don't know. But it's essentially Silicon Valley Bank for crypto. So they were very forward thinking and being a depository institution for people in cryptocurrency. Because they would make, they would specifically give people loans for purchasing and trading crypto. They made their own exchange called Sen, where people could send and receive and trade cryptocurrency. A little on the
1: nose, don't you think?
0: I know. Uh, But they did also uh, become insolvent for a similar reason. They made a big bet on interest rates staying low. They didn't, they disclosed that. People freaked out. They took all their money out. Now Silvergate did. Um, they they did liquidate like quickly. They they were pretty smart about. it. They're like, hey, we see the writing on the wall. We're <laughs> we're done, which is uh, nice for them. Uh, now, of course, for Silvergate, it happened a lot sooner because whereas for the rest of the, I guess, arguably healthy economy, it's taking a lot of interest rate hikes for these things to really be felt. Uh, The crypto winter, as it is called right now, happened after one, that's right, one interest rate hike. uh, Kind of questionable as a store of value if it can't survive a single (laughs) interest rate hike. Yeah, very interesting. uh, Before it kicked off a uh, horrible winter that lost people a lot of money. Uh, But I think that both of these, there's a lot of people who are trying to connect these two things. Who are like, how come Silicon Valley Bank... And Silvergate became insolvent in the same... Why did they follow the same arc, as some people are saying? And let me tell you what it is. It's rich people gambling and spending huge amounts of money to make the world worse in both cases and not being able to have their finances stand up to money being anything other than free. Silicon Valley Bank had so many different companies on their balance sheets who had valuations well over a billion dollars who have no path to profitability whatsoever. And the same is true for Silvergate. They had billions of dollars on the books from cryptocurrency magnates who have, like, there's no value there at all. So as soon as the funny money everyone's been playing with for the last few years gets more expensive, they're done. It's 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 truly it's disgusting because the people who have deposits on the books at a place like Silicon Valley Bank, to your point, have been reaping tremendous profits off of the suffering of the individual for years and years. They have been making billions of dollars making life Worse in I'd almost s- every conceivable way, and when they face consequences of their ludicrous bets, we have to bail them out, even though it doesn't technically flow through to the taxpayer. Everything flows through to the taxpayer, if not directly, but right. you know what I mean. It just seemed, yeah. I mean, look, you
1: you got all this money; you're going to lose a little bit of it. I mean, honestly, maybe even a large bit. Either way, you're not going to be destitute. You're, you don't really need to be made whole.
0: It's Even not- if they do become destitute, that's the problem. These people show up to the craps table. They make double or nothing bets over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and they then get they're extremely like, oh. lucky in a macroeconomic situation that allowed them to reap massive profits. And then when they start losing money, they complain. Yeah. It, it's... You know,
1: when you go to a casino and you lose all your money, the casino usually says tough luck. You yeah. Know, t- better luck t- next time.
0: <laughs> Turns out the penny slots that are the United States of America, uh, you just can't lose. I, It just makes me mad that they, these people
1: have more money than, I don't know, a billion of um, okay, that's too many people. More money than a million of us ordinary people combined. And they lose that amount, and then the government's just like, okay, here you go, here's your money. We know people are starving, we know people are trying to make ends meet, but instead we're going to give all this money to just a couple of individuals rather than try to make the world a better
0: place. It just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, here's my problem is that if this happened if you took the events of the last 2 days where people with a tremendous amount of money on the books were in danger of taking a bath and then they had their deposits guaranteed by the federal government the, the only universe in which i would be okay with that i'm i'm okay with it in this case cuz i don't want a banking crisis cuz i have money that's invested in places but the the only universe in which that truly makes sense is if the people who had these billions of dollars actually use that for good, which billions of dollars can be used for and to make a profit. I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive, but what have they done? It's been a race to the bottom to make life more miserable for the average person using the power that they have. Uh, I I don't like to throw around the term... This much, but like between Uber, Uber Eats, Lyft, all the gig economy things, they're just pushing to enslave people as independent contractors to make almost no money. They're destroying the planet with overly aggressive logistical schemes like these people are making life worse worse and we're still bailing them out but they could have been making it better and still making money it's sad
1: that this is where we are today where the people who are getting bailed out are the people actively making life worse and there's there's not much we can do about it i really it should be up for a public vote
0: it should be up for a public vote. Who gets money? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank shouldn't get their money back, but we should be able to vote on the ones that do. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I hearken
1: back to the, the days of yore in which we were doing the small business ba- uh,
0: loans during COVID. That should have been up for a Democratic vote. Yeah. But then everyone would have said that Tom Brady should get them anyway. I don't I don't think so. One one would hope that people would see through that. I mean, give it to your neighbor. Don't give it to fucking Tom Brady. Keep out a yacht. Yeah. Man. He bought a
1: fucking yacht. Yeah. It's great. And then I'm went just, on to have the worst season of football in his
0: entire career. I just don't I just don't get it. Yeah. Because like I, I know that a lot of people malign this like effective altruism thing because Sam Bankman Freed's a big fan of it. I don't think that's wrong. I think you can do well in business and do well by people. I don't. I think that that is totally possible to do. Just these people have continued to not do that time and time again. And now we live in a world where we're going to keep spending $42 to buy some tacos that are delivered to us by a kitchen and a warehouse (laughs) that no one's happy at. And there's 17 restaurants that make the same goddamn tacos. Yeah. 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 Ghost kitchens for sure. Uh, ghost kitchens make me so mad. I don't even want to talk about ghost kitchens. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: yeah, the, the, the scene in it's a wonderful life where George Bailey is explaining to the good people of whatever the fuck, the name of the town is that your money's not here. Oh, your money's in George's house and it's in Stacy's leg operation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that you know, virtuous banker, hopefully still exists. But that's the one example we got, and it's from
0: like 1950 fucking something. <laughs> your your money's not here. Your money's in uh, delivery apps and AI <laughs> startups, and and it's in it's in little Peter Teal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it's in Peter Teal's bloodstream. I gave your money to a ghost kitchen to on George F's restaurant out of business. <laughs> your your money's not here. Your money's with Mr. Beast.
1: <laughs> your money's in the Mr. Beast kitchen car trolley that's just
0: a cart out back where I make burgers for delivery. <laughs> your money's in the $100 Mr. Beast hamburger warehouse. Your money's Horrible. Not-
1: Yeah. Your money's not. I set your money on fire,
0: <laughs> basically. <laughs> your money's not here. It's in sub prime mortgage loans. <laughs> it's 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 so fucked. To join a credit union, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah. I wish that there was a like a like a denuma or like some something to learn. From Wait, this. So what's, but so hopefully this helped people understand. Well,
1: what's what's going to happen? What what's next? Like okay, so they get bailed out, the bank is still gone,
0: right? Yeah, I think there's some complicated things happening. I think uh, the I think HSBC is like buying the European arm of Silicon Valley Bank for like 1 euro or something and I mean uh, since they are insolvent, I think their assets are going to be auctioned off at some point.
1: No, dibs uh, on
0: all the money we all just kind of hope that this won't turn into a banking contagion but i think the most powerful people in america don't want it to uh so probably won't yeah all right here's well. here's my takeaway if you've got money in a bank that's not wells fargo um not that i have any inside information about wells fargo going underwater or anything i just think that they're a bad bank with bad business practices uh you know what Blanket statement. If you've got money in a bank, put it in a credit union. But if it's $250,000 or less, don't worry about it. Just keep it in there. Right. I mean, right
1: now I, I've got a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, interest rate on my savings accounts. Aren't Almost up to 4%, John.
0: Well, I mean, why not put that in a money market and get 4.5%?
1: Because I don't know what that means.
0: Just put in your brokerage account. Buy a money market fund. Get 4.5%.
1: I need that money, though, because I got loans to pay off.
0: Yeah, um, if, o- if only there was a way to write checks from a brokerage account.
1: I don't know how to write a check,
0: John. I'm oh, that is a problem. That is a problem. I'm a zennial.
1: <laughs> uh, do credit unions have savings accounts that have almost 4% interest? Yeah, mine's like 38 <gasps> that's what mine is <gasps> we're fighting we're not fighting i'm re- re- revelatory wait no i'm re- reviled wait no
0: uh but yeah if uh if you're in it for the high yield savings plan interest a lot of credit unions have really good ones and also you can just put that money in a money market fund or a short-term cd and get a better return on investment buy some uh, bonds And by CD, of course, I mean compact disc. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely financial advice. Go out and buy mortgage bonds, buy
1: T-bills.
0: Get some more bonds, get some, you know, invest in paper. Based on the CPI and inflation news, definitely buy things that are volatile if the interest rates go up.
1: Yeah, this is definitely financial advice, and you should do all of these things.
0: (laughs) Haha, it's not. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a financial advisor. I make jokes. Always terrified. You work in finance one time and you're always afraid of the SEC. Look, if a doctor can leave a pair of sutures
1: in me, I think I can tell people to invest in... Um, hold on. Invest in... What's something that's kind of like dying? Um, <laughs> a lot of bank stocks?
0: Rivian? Invest in bank Socks? Socks? Invest in bank socks, but don't invest in socks, Sarbanes-Oxley. What's Sarbanes-Oxley? It's like a a business law. Oh. How's Rivian doing? Let me see. What's Rivian? It's an electric truck manufacturer. Oh. Uh, Let's see. All red, down 28% in the last month, down 23% year to date. All right. Down 86% all time invest in Rivian buy the dip sounds like it's low uh could could bounce back <laughs> could bounce back i don't know uh definitely not financial advice and you know just bank just bank so that's the nail the nail so that's the final
1: nail in the coffin that is silicon valley bank god have mercy on all of their souls
0: i i really hope i don't know how this procedure goes down but i really hope when a business becomes insolvent and its assets are liquidated that the at whatever meeting they do that that the person officiate officiating goes and may god have mercy on all of their souls and walks out of the room the room is full of people who used to work at this
1: company (laughs) yeah and at least at least one of them you know at the at the table It looks at their hands and goes, God, what have we done?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They have to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's government.
1: If you want to bail out, you have to jump through a lot of silly hoops. One, you got to do all these dumb tropes from TV. Yeah. Two, you got to give a million dollars to a homeless person.
0: Yeah. Three, got to give five million dollars to me. Right. Right. Yeah, you got to select at
1: random an American or, let's say, 20% of
0: Americans and give them $1 million. You got the money. You got the money. There is, um, when you say, my God, what have I done? There is a person in the corner who nods if they were convinced. And if they weren't convinced, you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing yeah, it's Yeah, you got to keep repeating it until you mean it. Mm-hmm. Or until the person gets tired, which honestly happens more often than I'd like to admit. Yeah, true.
1: I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, and have to, as we know, as we know in the business,
0: John, time is money, eh? Time is money, and Silicon Valley's bank's times is out. Times is out. No more times. They got no more money. I don't know what this accident is. God, I have heartburn. You okay, buddy? I don't know. I ate all this focaccia. You got uh, Tom's in your place? Yeah, we got the chewable kind. I don't know if they work. They work on me. They're just like candy. Yeah, the good kind of candy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Give me the with, money, huh? <laughs> With Henry's rapidly deteriorating voice and uh, general Mine. ability to live...
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, what did we learn? What did just, we learn? What did we learn this episode? We learned Banks bad. Banks And we learned everything everywhere all at once. If you have not seen this goddamn movie by now, and you have listened to this podcast to the point where you're listening to this episode, even if this is your first episode, if you've gotten to this point in the episode and you have not watched everything everywhere all at once, Bye. I will find you and invite you to come see it at my house.
0: Oh, that's nice of you.
1: I've got a particular set of skills.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I, I would yeah, like to say... Just for finding people and inviting them to my house. What's weird about that? I have I have invitation skills. I'm a great host. I'm a great host. Ow. <laughs> Ow. Uh, I would like to say, Henry, you do owe me. Oh, what do I owe you, buddy? If I had not oh, come into off. this so perfectly prepared this episode would not have been would not nearly have been so well researched oh my gosh so would not have put that down as a fucking
1: bingo square if i knew that you my wife and any guest we have who comes on was gonna drag me for it the entire year
0: we're not, we're not dragging, we're helping you. And then rubbing it in. We're helping you. I watched the Oscars. <laughs> you did. That's yeah. a form of research. You know what? It's a team effort. It's a
1: team effort here at Zero Credits, including the team effort that it's going to take to get through the end of this episode when we launch it seamlessly into the
0: social media plugs. Banks are bad. Banks are bad. Credit union's good. Put your money in a mattress. If you want to send us a 649 word screed about the banks because you have Twitter blue because you're a real psychopath and you're a buddy of fucking Peter Thiel, uh, you can do so on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Give me
1: a second. No. (laughs) Hold on. I got nothing this week. I'm sorry
0: and if you want to send us that's <laughs> that's right and if you want to send us an email perhaps a short little email with your uh with your friggin uh with your crypto wallet hash in it give us a little tip little crypto tip little crypt tip little cryptid little cryptid little chupacabra little jersey devil little mothman, you can do that too our email address which is unfortunately zero credits is a podcast At gmail.com, my wife is laughing, or my dog is dreaming. (laughs) And we are on a series of podcast services, including the one you're listening to us on right now. But in addition to that, or maybe in addition, it's a set that is inclusive of the one you're listening to us on now. Maybe. Or is it is a set that excludes the one you're listening to us on. Podchaser, good pods. God. Pod America, Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. One of the best ways for people to learn about the show is for you to leave some kind of comment or review or star rating on these platforms if they allow it. But the best way for people to learn about the show is for you to earnestly, gently, gingerly inform them about the podcast And then they'll listen to it, and you know nothing in this goddamn life is sweeter than getting away with your gal, and also talking to your friends about your shared interests. Did you watch the Last of Us finale? What's a bank? Where am I going? And am I outside? Things like that. You could add to that list the Zero Credits Podcast. That's right, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friends everyone's upset about the last of us finale everyone's talking about it. everyone's up in arms. I haven't uh, seen it. Tell your friends and they'll listen to the show. are they mad
1: because it's the same j- decision that was made in the video game
0: yeah we
1: had this discussion 10 did, years ago we
0: can't have this we had this discussion 10 years ago. I'm tired of having it now and I oh, will have it again right. because I stand by it. Yeah, absolutely. It's good writing.
1: It's good. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Studio, soon to be all windowed up and replaced as of tomorrow, we want to wish you
0: a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye. house needs so much caulking. Ayo!